Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. We're continuing our interviews with the Finnovate Fall Best of Show winners. And today I'm talking with Corey Cedarquist and Brian Morris of PwC. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thanks for having us. Pleasure is all ours. So obviously the demo video that you guys did is available at Finnovate.com for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. But can you take a quick moment and give us just an introduction to uh, Customer Link, which you demoed up there on stage? Um, sure. Uh, so, Brian, uh, thanks for that. Uh, so, Customer Link, what is it? Uh, it's a, what we would call it is a, a customer insight and uh, engagement platform. So, uh, what does that mean? It really allows you to do, in our opinion, three things really well. It allows you to uh, integrate everything you know about your customer, all of your first-party data, which a lot of our clients has, have, a, have a lot of um, problems with, just getting to one single source of truth within their walls. Uh, and then two, um, what we do is we um, allow you to drive unlimited scenarios and insights about those clients, not only using your first-party data, but then marrying it to ours. And we have over you know, 60,000 attributes uh, for over 280 million individuals plus 26 million businesses. And we kind of combine all of that to allow you to do all sorts of um, segmentation, analysis, and the rest. Uh, and so you could do a, a lot of that analysis. And then finally, the third thing allows you to do is when you're ready, uh, you can engage your customer across uh, any channel. So we have a whole orchestration platform and you can engage and optimize uh, that. So it's from data to insights to activation in, in one convenient package, as we like to call it. Yeah. And I mean, it certainly is a really powerful tool. And then you were able to demo that, you know, I said earlier, demo up on stage, but that's not quite accurate because you guys were joining us digitally. And I want to actually get into that because you did, I think, a really good job with that digital demo. It's something that you were able to uh, have some fun with. It was funny. It clearly resonated with the audience. Can you talk a little bit about the approach you took in creating that seven minute video for us? Absolutely, Greg. Um, we often joke internally that we are not kind of, quote, your parents PwC. And as a collective customer transformation team, we're constantly challenging ourselves to be more provocative in the way that we engage with technology, the experiences that we drive for our clients and the insights that we deliver. So we realized that there would be a kind of a pseudo supermarket dilemma for all the digital demos at Finnovate. Uh, so our approach was really focused on amplifying engagement with some hyperbole uh, and then really synthesizing and distilling our message to really kind of let the audience feel like they were almost at a dinner table with myself and Brian. Um, and, you know, I, I have to say, I think the koala and maybe some of those corny dance moves at the end helped a little bit as well. <laughs> 
I know it didn't hurt. That's for sure. Clearly it resonated well. And one of the fun things about Finnovate, obviously, you know, we, when we first started doing the seven minute demo, I think it took people a little bit of time to figure out how to use that effectively. We're seeing the same kind of thing with the digital demo. Now, having done digital events for the past year and a half and you know these hybrid events going forward, we now see people like yourselves really having some fun with it, using that uh, format very effectively. And, and I think, you know, obviously bring props, bring a koala, bring some cool dance moves in there. Certainly uh, just make yourself stand out a little bit and it works how many audience. how many koalas do you actually get in there that's the the key thing so it's around the and and and, and a little bit of the confetti so we're, we're trying next time it's gonna be lasers i think <laughs> and I, I wouldn't i wouldn't describe brian's dance moves as cool greg as well, so. <laughs> they were pretty well, pretty genuine <laughs> <laughs> it's that genuineness that really works you make that human connection with with the audience right. in the screen so you know one of the things that i think worked really well and brian i'll give this one to you one of the things that worked really well in your demo was this kind of back to basics messaging can you talk a little bit about what you meant by back to basics what those basics are yeah you know this is it's really funny because um you think it's a, it's a pretty simple thing to say, you know, um, that, that banks really understand their customers and that they know what their customers wants. But you'd be surprised at how often I've actually gone to my clients and not just banks, but banks and most financial services companies. And I, the first thing I asked them, seriously, the first thing I asked them is, do you have a customer strategy? And either it is the blank stare of what are you talking about, which is one. Or it's the, which is actually, this actually did happen one time where they're like, sure, sure, we have it. I'm like, oh, okay, can I see it? Like, can you pull it out? And they're like, well, you know, we have it. It's back here and the rest. And, and I'm like, no, 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 don't worry. I'll, like, I'll, I'll wait for it. And of course, it never materialized, <laughs> which is kind of funny because you think about it, like the whole purpose here is you would think that an institution has so much data uh, and insight, you know, and pres you know, presumably insights about their customers really have no idea. They've never brought it together. They've never really understood it. And so we're saying, stop the insanity of getting every new bell and whistle and this and that, the other thing. And uh, just start with the basics really of, do you know who your customer is and what they want? Like full stop and start from there and then figure it out. No, I mean, honestly, it sounds really simple when you say it like that, but I, I completely can sympathize with you because I've had similar conversations with bankers in the past. And, you know, it, it's clearly that they're bank, clear that their banks were struggling with this. Where do you think they're falling short? You know, what are, what are some of the pitfalls that they're falling into? Um, so from, I'll take this one. I mean, from my perspective, some of the key pitfalls, uh, is that they've been very much product focused. They're in these siloed businesses and, you know, and, and that's the problem is they're very myopic into that. And, you know, while they, and while they've always been saying that they've been customer first, right. They, they're like, that's great. But my metrics are to push as much product as I possibly can and at what price. And so, when you're looking at it through that lens, you know, uh, and you have your metrics, people are guided towards their metrics. Um, they're they're not going to be pushed in that direction. And and the irony is that the the customers are yelling at them, like, please, please do it. Uh, and 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 so they're hearing it, but they're just not doing it. Yeah. And I think certainly we're in a moment right now where more is possible in this area than has ever been possible. I mean, outside of the you know time a couple of decades ago when you had a specific banker in a branch who knew you, you know, you walk through the door and they say, oh, hey, Brian, how's the family? You know, this type of interaction. Yeah. Now we're in a moment where we have a huge amount of data at our disposal and we can use this data to obviously understand our customers in a way that we really 
couldn't before. So uh, Corey, I'll, I'll kick this one over to you. How much should a bank know about their customers at this point? You know, what do you consider to be more or less just table stakes? Yeah, no, that's an interesting question, Greg. And, and we get it, you know, we have it asked to us all the time. And I, and I really think that financial services companies need to do a bit of a reframe, as Brian mentioned earlier. Um, you know, these companies need to start thinking less about product and focus more on experience. We know that the pandemic has accelerated kind of the digital world based on some you know, surveys that we've run. We've seen about 25% of U.S. consumers would use a retailer such as an Amazon for their traditional banking activities, which is, is mind-blowing if you were to think 18 months ago you know, that thought never really would cross anyone's mind. So we are starting to see this shift from, you know, product centricity to customer centricity to thinking about experience centricity. You know, consumers are really not loyal as much as they used to be, but they're really seeking, I would say, immersive, convenient experiences, you know, and those are typically outside of, you know, the traditional product sets. So I, I think table stakes these days is, you know, really the ability to deliver those experiences and having the data, you know, to be able to do so. Yeah, and no, I think you're right. To prioritize the experience first and foremost is obviously, it's a challenge, no question, but it's a challenge that should be overcome at this point. And, you know, it wasn't just yourselves up there on the Finnovate stage or coming at us digitally uh, who were working in this area. It's clearly something that a lot of financial technology companies are working on. I think banks are aware of it. Um, Brian, I'll give you this one. You know, why is getting that information, getting that experience so important? You know, why do I as a bank really need to prioritize this? I mean, obviously, there are a lot of other things that are competing for my attention if I'm a bank executive, but why should this be one where I really need to spend some time? Yeah, I mean, I'll just, I don't know, being too crude, because they're getting their lunches eaten by by the folks that are getting it right. Um, and and so uh, if you look at the, you know, again, you did have a lot of fintechs up uh, on the stage there, and, and fintechs in general are actually starting to get it right. And then, but the non-FIs uh, and banks, you know, the Amazons, the Googles, the Apples, the you name it, are, are getting clearly into this space, and they're starting to get it right. So, you know, what I would say is they need to get it right because they're being forced to get it right by not only consumers, but you know, it's it's what I I, I watch Ted Lasso, which is you know uh, with relegation, relegated. You never want to get relegated. Um, they I think they're going to get relegated uh, to to if they buy all these other th- uh, companies if in fact they don't get this uh, right. And I actually go back to um, I was just reading because I'm really boring. I like to go read uh, shareholder letters from Jamie Dimon uh, because that's what I do on the weekends. Uh, and uh, there was an interesting thing that he was talking about um, at Chase, uh, and how even at, you know Chase that spends billions of dollars on on this, you know they they are fearful of of the fintechs. They're fearful of these uh, uh, non FIs getting into their space. They believe that they relate to the cloud, and 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 that you know if they don't move quicker, they're going to get relegated. And so, so someone like Chase is probably one of the more advanced banks in in the world when it comes to data analytics. If they think that they're behind and they're scared of the competitors and what what customers are pushing towards, 
then I think the rest of the financial services industry and specifically banks, they should be terrified. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair point. It's more sort of stick than carrot at the moment. There's this really real prospect of your bank, you know, getting relegated, having um, you going, dropping down, losing customers. Um, and, and I think that's something which, you know, again, to your point, if if uh, Chase is concerned about it, certainly a lot of other FIs need to be concerned about it as well, especially when you think about, you know, the rise of banking as a service and other platforms, which can basically give any company the ability to start offering banking products. There's the, the barrier to entry is dropping, which is probably a good thing for consumers in the end, because they'll end up with higher uh, you know, increased competition in the marketplace means a higher quality product, higher level of service that they can expect, but it's it should be a real warning to anybody on the financial institution side of things. Now, I want to take a step back here because there's an issue that we haven't talked about. When you talk about customer data and creating a personalized experience, one of the pieces that you need to bring up is privacy. Um, Brian, I'll give you this one as well. How do you find the right balance between giving banks the information they need to engage their customers successfully with the need to make sure that their customers still feel like their information is secure and like they have that privacy? privacy. Yeah, I mean this is a this is always a tough one because uh it's this it's this balance where you know you know customers are always sitting there saying no more about me, no more no more about me, give me personalization and and all of this stuff. But you know as soon as they start to hand over some of this data, they're like, well hold on, is it is it secure? Um I, I do think it is the, the 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 fine balance. And and you know from 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 my perspective it's you know, as you are interacting with the bank, at the, at the very least, banks should should know everything. You know how you've interacted uh, with them, every transaction that you've done, and be able to get some good insights from the information that you have, you know, willingly given to the bank to to do this. I, I've never been a fan of the uh, just go out and uh, do like the third party cookies and things of that nature. I'm actually quite happy that third-party cookies are going away because what it's forcing the banks to do is to learn how to engage with customers and get them to provide a lot of this information um, and and then be able to say, look, this is how I want to be engaged. And so now, for instance, if you're going out with, with marketing campaigns um, that you are trying to get them to talk to you, get them into a conversation, get them to share willingly uh, some more of those wants and needs. And then it's a two-way uh, conversation. Then it doesn't look creepy, right? Then it looks like you really are doing what you said you were planning to do, which is um, uh, really engaging in a conversation. Uh, and, and and both parties know what you're, what, you know, what, what's in it for them. They know what, what, what data you have and they know um, that, that you're using it in a way that's going to help their overall experience. And, yeah. and I would add to that, uh, Greg, you know, I think it, you need to think about it in terms of kind of a value exchange where, you know, we're seeing that kind of the younger generations, the millennials and the Gen Z's are much more willing to sacrifice privacy for value, whether that's convenience, personalization. So we're seeing some very interesting trends that, you know, I think um, really make you kind of focus on uh, some of the points that Brian was mentioning around what is that kind of value exchange and, and how does that look like for, for a, at a consumer level? Um, so, you know, something to add. 
Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that emphasis of putting the onus on the financial institution to demonstrate we're doing something productive with the information you share with us. We're using it to create an experience that's better for you. And I think for financial institutions that can demonstrate that value, certainly there's going to be a much easier road to getting the information that you need in order to do that. Um, and that's really where that kind of win-win opportunity is. Um, I think for financial institutions that don't demonstrate that value, it becomes a little bit more difficult. So one of the pieces to obviously you know, collecting the information is one, but using it intelligently, using it in a way that people understand what you're doing with it and see that connection is obviously really important as well. So um, I, I'd like to end with kind of a, a, a by zooming way out, you know, we've come a long way in the last few years, but it still seems to me like we're in the early days of personalization and, and making use of this sort of data. Let's talk big picture, you know, zooming into the future. What does the future look like five or 10 years down the road as tools like customer link get better and smarter? And I think I'll give you guys each a chance to, uh, to answer this one. Brian, why don't we start with you? Well, customer link will dominate the planet and take over everything. And <laughs> naturally, naturally. And, and, and so that's how I see it. I don't know. How, I don't know if anyone else sees it that way, but certainly, um, but it is going to be interesting. Like this stuff is it, it, the whole industry here, and, and what Customer Link is trying to spur is is, is evolving rapidly. And, and interestingly enough, if you looked at Customer Link even six months ago to what it is today, to what it will be six months from now, and how more advanced it will be with the analytics, it's it's going to be amazing. I think that there is emerging, especially um, uh, in these experience platforms, where. Um, a lot of this is turned over to the AI. For instance, we're getting where where all the data is being is being looked at in every interaction that you're doing, um, and then it is the algorithms are coming up with the audiences and the way in which you should be engaged. It's looking into your content management system and it's pulling out, you know, what exactly uh, uh, you would like to see on the website or any engagement. It's then uh, putting together the campaign. It's telling. <laughs> which channel it's going after. And, and the humans are not even in, in, involved at all. Like it is really just going to be completely automated. What, what humans are doing is kind of feeding the machine. Um, that's already starting to happen. And I think that that's only going to evolve faster. So again, uh, the, the whole thing here is around data and, and, and getting the analytics right. And, and, and so we need to have financial institutions really get clear on what type of data that they're collecting from their customers, what type of customers they want to go out, and then feed a lot of this to the machine to be able to um, almost enable those um, those experiences automatically through customer yeah. link. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I'll just, Greg, I, I will reinforce that because you know I think the future is really going to be determined by companies. And I say companies, not financial services companies, purposefully. You know, it's going to be determined by companies that really drive the best personalized experiences in the most convenient, non-invasive ways. And as part of the customer link platform, you know, we are tripling down on our AI investments to provide you know, these insights at really unparalleled levels of precision. Um, you know, and we are hoping to play a very critical role in helping, you know, clients capitalize on these opportunities across all sectors. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bold ambition to, to sort of see that laid out, but it seems very possible 
from where we're at right now. And I think, you know, there, there's a lot to unpack there. So uh, I'm afraid we have to leave the conversation here. I'll, I'll just close by saying, you know, anybody who hasn't seen it, I highly recommend checking out that demo video. And if you're a company who's potentially presenting in a digital format at some point in the next couple of months, it's really worth it to watch the choices that Corey and Brian made and making that video a success. Obviously it resonated well with our audience. They selected them as best of show, um, which is not just a factor of the demo. Of course, the technology is there as well. Um, really well done to both of you. And thank you again for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Next time, thank I think you, I'll bring Greg. Can- Next time, I bring a kangaroo. So. <laughs> Keep it Southern Hemisphere. I like it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Take care. The Finnovate Podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening. 